This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Part of the murderer's row of ball talk. Here's ESPN senior columnist and podcaster Buster Olney on the ride with Royce. Hey, Buster, uh, 20 hits last night, 10 of them leave the yard. We have seen baseball in 2018, sir. <laughs> You're exactly right, Patrick. That's, uh, it was amazing. I was uh, doing the interviews on ESPN Radio last night in the American League dugout. Uh, and in a game in which there were a lot of home runs and there were a decent amount of runs, I also noticed there were just a long periods of dead time <laughs> because there were all those strikeouts. 25, uh, I think, right? 25. Yeah, exactly. So it really was the embodiment of what we've seen this year, and you can understand uh, why the commissioner continues to clamor for change. Although, when I see you get a couple of runs off of uh, Max Scherzer, I'm I'm impressed with the hitters. I'll tell you that, no matter how they're approaching it. Uh, when he's going out there with flames in his eyes and uh, and they manage to uh, hit one out on him, I, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, and I talked to Trout, uh, Mike Trout, after he faced him and drew a walk against him. And even, even to, you know, half an hour later, Trout was still fired up about it. Like, he, he was talking about how much fun it was to go against Scherzer and the crowd into it and he he draw he drew a walk and that was like a huge thing and then when Judge got to him uh the funny thing was is as Judge rounds third base he points into the uh, American League dugout and he has this big grin on his face and he was pointing at Justin Verlander of course Scherzer's old teammate uh with the Detroit Tigers and uh, it was because Verlander had told him going into that I got a good feeling about your bat here I think you're going to get him right here and he did Oh, man, he did, and he dead ball was right. Uh, that's wheelhouse, but with him, uh, you know, you still got to get the bat to that ball, and uh, and with the, with the way Scherzer throws it, it's uh, it's fantastic. But I, I, I was entertained. I liked the game, and uh, I'm happy for uh, every ma- the managers in both dugouts that uh, Bregman went up and hit that home run uh, to uh, get a run there in the 10th, else uh, we could have been playing for a while. And I think the only person who was least uh, less surprised, I think, than Alex Bregman that he hit the home run was his manager AJ Hinch. Alex Bregman is on a good day, five foot ten. Yep. And he weighs 190 pounds. And you know, I talked to him over the weekend as he was getting ready to do the home run derby on Monday, and and boy, he had all of his lines ready to go about. Yeah, he understands why he's the underdog. I need to hit line drive. Mm-hmm. You know, my home runs are not going to go in the air. It'll save me some time. And so after hearing all that, I walked up to A.J. Inch uh, before the Derby, and I said, Alex is, you know, I know Alex is saying all this stuff. Alex absolutely believes he's going to win this thing. And A.J. looked at me and said, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> he knows he's going to win the Derby. And from what I understand, I'm talking with a friend of his today, he was upset 
that after his derby performance because he didn't win the derby. So when he came up in that spot in the tenth inning, uh, his heart rate probably was even a little lower than it normally is because he loves those moments. We saw it in the World Series last year. We've seen it with so many, what he had three, four walk-offs this year. He is uh, one of those guys who, in a big game, in a big moment, on the big stage, he is absolutely at home. Uh, so uh, the last two years, the home run derby has been as good as it can get. And uh, this year we were all worried about it because so, so many of the big names weren't going to participate. But you end up with Schwarber and Harper in the finals. You can't complain about that. And the numbers of home runs. Uh, how can the baseball get the message when, when you're there, when you're Trout, when you're Judge, when you're these guys and see the excitement that generates with a crowd? They got to realize that the reason they're going to get $200 million contracts is you got to energize the public. I mean, and, and they love the home, the home run derby is the best skills competition in all-star sports it's better than anything the nba does the nhl does the super bowl i mean the the pro bowl does how can they get the players to sign in yeah and it was my colleague jerry krasnick who pointed this out that you know after that great moment uh where bryce harper you know had told us for years that uh, you know if we get an all-star game in washington that's the next time going to do the derby he agrees to do the derby he was totally into it he was like a professional wrestler in a way that he was oh, yeah. amped up and he was playing to the crowd and he was fueled by the crowd. Uh, you know, I, I did the post-game interview, which turned into a goat rodeo. Yeah. Uh, at the end, it was a total mess because he was so fired up and his teammates were so fired up and he was excited and he sat down in the press conference and said, you know the best thing about all this? I don't have to do it again. Yeah. And you feel like going, are you kidding? Like, we, we, the sport needs guys. And I, I look, it's, it's part, and I thought Bryce was great the other night, but yeah. it is part of the larger point. I feel like that there's such a disconnect with the players in terms of what they need to do to help their own product. They need guys like Bryce Harper in there. Kyle Schwarber was phenomenal. Yeah, he was, man, and he, he showed more personality than I ever knew existed there. I thought he was just kind of this big lump who didn't want to say anything. He was fantastic. Yeah, and he's got a great personality. But, you know, Reese Hoskins, who's the, yes. who, if Reese Hoskins wasn't, uh, playing for the Phillies, he would be the, you know, the sports nerd who was in every fantasy league. He's a giant sports fan. He absolutely loves all of it. And, and you know, Javier Baez, I think yeah. he has such a great personality with the Cubs. But all of that comes out in those moments, and you do need to get them to embrace that. And it was, that's why it was cool on Fox's broadcast of the All-Star Game last night, the players wearing the microphones and understanding how much fun that could be and playing to that a little bit. I love that. It gave you some insight into possibilities. The problem is, is that behind the scenes, from what I understand, as uh, MLB tries to bring up these uh, you know, different things with the Player Association, Player Association isn't really engaging, and I don't get it. I have had conversations with players saying, you guys have real leverage here. You have points that you can really make but you got to get into the room and talk about them at least. And I don't know why they're not talking. No, I think it's more than speed-up rules. It's uh, now, I, I'm, I'm sure the commissioner is getting bashed by a lot of people about the Trout comments. And I, I'm not sure he said exactly what he wanted to. But, yeah, but, yeah he's right. Uh, you know, Mike Trout is, you know, kind of, kind of not, he's not, he's not bidding to be a star nationally as far as a superstar type of a personality. And uh, without that, without his cooperation, it's hard. 
I'm biased in this one because I've been working on an E60 on trout for the last okay. 18 months, and okay. it's going to come out on August 5th. And I will tell you that he has been phenomenal. Uh, and he is I'm glad to hear yeah. it. Yeah, and he's been great. His family has come from a great family. He's been great. Uh, and so that that's all been great. I, I thought there's no doubt that Rob has legitimate larger point to make uh, with regards to marketing of players, the union, and, and just they won't engage on some of the stuff that they're trying to do, and that's a frustration. I thought it was really unfair of him to sort of build that case on top of Trout because on a day-in and day-out basis, Mike Trout represents the sport about as well as you can. You know, Any reporter who goes into that clubhouse, makes himself available, will talk to you on, you know, the before and after the games, around the, the dugout, he's engaging, he's nice to everybody, he signs literally every day for 15 minutes for fans. He, you know, he can't play the game any better. I yeah. think a lot of the reason why Trout, we don't know him, is because the Angels haven't been in the postseason. Yeah. He hasn't gotten the, the postseason platform. Uh, so I, I did think it was unfair for Rob to sort of build his case on top of Mike. Well, I was arguing with some guys here, too, about, I said, well, the home run derby, they, you know, guys like, uh, you know, nobody knows who Reese Hoskins is. Nobody knows who Aguilar is. Well, that's one reason to have him in the home run derby. So there's now a lot more people in the country who are aware of Reese Hopkins, Hoskins than there was before Monday night. I do think that it would be good, you know, uh, for Aaron Judge this year, who, and he's, you know, you and I have talked about Aaron Judge. He's a great guy, and he's represented yeah. the sport well, but he also has sort of talked down about the Derby uh, yes. this year. And and you do wish that Mike uh, Trout would participate at some point, um, you know, as they go through the rhythms and, and maybe, you know, among the absolute elite players, if, if Trout knows the Judge isn't going to be in it and Stanton's going to be in it, maybe that's when he picks up the ball and says, okay, if I'm going to do it once in my career, this would be a good year for me to do it. Um, you wish that the players were, were would engage at that sort of level where they understand that this is their product. You know, yes. Rob, Rob, Rob will try to push you know different rules things and all that, but he would be thrilled if the players shaped the product in a way that made it more attractive to fans. Hey, uh, Manny, is, it, is the Dodger trade going to happen or uh, not? What's going on here? I, th I think it's going to happen. Uh, I know they're working through it. You know, one of the sources I talked to today said the situation is bananas. Uh, <laughs> and look, I mean, when the Orioles make a trade, there's it's a higher percentage, a higher chance of a deal being blown up over a medical, uh, failed medical than any other team. It's happened time and time again. But from what I understand, uh, it doesn't involve whatever concerns there are that are holding this thing up. It doesn't involve a major piece in the trade, so you can work through alternatives. Uh, and I, you know, look, give Andrew Friedman, who's the head of baseball ops for the Dodgers, credit to go out and do something that he hasn't done in recent years, which is to pay the highest price for the most coveted piece in the trade market. And the addition of Manny Machado, I think when the Dodgers finish this, will make them the team to be the National League. This can't be a rental, though. they got to be trying to think that no, they can sign it's a rental. Right. It is a no, rental, I, huh? Yeah, I, I really do, Patrick, because, A, they got Justin Turner, who's their best hitter, okay. under contract for two more years at they third base, Seager and then they got Corey back. Seager. Yeah, Corey Seager coming back, and, yeah, they could move it around, and maybe Manny goes there and loves it uh, and, and decides he wants to stay out there. I still would bet the family farm back in Vermont on the Phillies, uh, who were engaged this time around, but the Phillies... Their total payroll obligations after this year total 
are $120 million or $60 million less than what the Tigers owe Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. There's a room, I'm sure, in uh, Citizens Bank Park with uh, Manny Machado's name on it. All the major front office people from Manny McPhail on down all were with the Orioles when they drafted Manny and they began the development of Manny. Yeah, I, I think that uh, they're going to be the highest bidders. And I tell you this, I mean, you talk about a great opportunity for a launch into free agency for Manny Machado. Yep. He's had a great season up until now. He handled the last two days of the All-Star events tremendously with a lot of poise, with a lot of scrutiny around him. Uh, and if he somehow delivers the Dodgers into the World Series or even allows them, helps them to win it for the first time in 30 years, it's going to be like when CC Sabathia pitched Milwaukee into the postseason 2008 and then got a record-setting deal for a pitcher. That's the type of, in, I think, impact that could have on Manny if he has a strong finish. Well, uh, you know, he's uh, that's that's a big price to pay for a rental. Uh, how how uh, of all the, of the prospects going there? Just a couple of them, really good ones. Uh, yeah, uh, two of the you know Diaz them involved are yeah Diaz and the pitcher May are uh, considered to be top ten in the Dodgers organization. But one thing Andrew always does, Andrew Friedman, who heads up the Dodgers. Uh, is that he always keeps his absolute best prospects. He hides those guys, which is why the Dodgers still have Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger and a few other young guys. And I think he's going to do that in this case. He's going to pay a high price with volume. I would make the argument if I'm the, in, in the Orioles case, I would tell Teague, look, you're going to have to give up your number one prospect. But, you know, maybe the Orioles feel like their farm system's so thin that they want some volume. Who can come in and straighten out this Baltimore organization? I think they are really screwed up. They've, they've, they've beaten up Buck here and given him nothing, and he's probably leaving, and Duquette's probably leaving. They need they need somebody who can tell the Angeles boys what to do. There's no doubt that this is going to be a reset time for that organization, and, and uh, there is a sense within the organization. Peter Angelos, who, of course, the owner... Uh, you know, got to know him well, have known him well through the years, that he's taking a lesser role. And, and it reminds me a lot of what we saw with the Yankees as George Steinbrenner moved to the side and how Steinbrenner moved in. And I don't think it's a coincidence that what you're hearing from other teams about the Orioles during this process, I mean, set the medical stuff aside, uh, is that they were engaged and they were focused and they were uh, working through the proposals in a way that other teams hadn't seen. And maybe that's a sign of things to come. And, uh, look, I think the Angelos uh, sons probably are going to recognize the need for one of these younger, uh, smarter, you know, like Derek Falvey, uh, that type of person to come in and oversee your organization. Who knows? Maybe that, and I'm, this is total speculation, but I know Thad Levine grew up as an Orioles fan. Maybe he'd want to go back home. Hey, uh, one last thing. Uh, do me a favor. 60% of the schedule has been played. Don't refer to this as the second half, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to lead the campaign to have no references to the second half when 60% of the schedule has been played. So, and so do you, have you got a better phrase for me to use? I don't know. The last two months, I guess. I don't know what you call it. All right, sir. Thanks. Thanks, Patrick. All right. Uh, Buster Olney, the great Buster Olney. We'll have him again in a couple of weeks. Next week, Tom Kelly, Kim, Tim Kirk. How about that? Now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Every night, on any given night, I think any team can get after it. And uh, we've seemed to... uh, been able to bring out the best in our opponents most of the time we play them so uh 
so we just try to play to what is, and and uh, I think it would be dangerous for for anyone in this league to be going into any match and thinking, hey, we got this one locked up, because that's just not how it works for us. The finest coach at the University of Minnesota, volleyball coach Hugh McCutcheon, uh, it was announced today he will be inducted into the International Volleyball Hall of Fame Wow! on November 10th in Hollyoke, Massachusetts, the location of the sport's birthplace. I didn't know volleyball was a U.S. discovery. Did I did not either, that? no. I did not know that. Well, no. we got, so we got Springfield, Mass, mm-hmm. home of basketball, mm-hmm. and we got Hollyoke, Mass, Home of uh, oh, volleyball. You think there's a connection there? Which one they? was first? I well, that's a damn good question. And uh, <laughs> if I was Joe, I'd say Reavers. Check yep, that out. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> I'm curious. Being in the inducted into the International Volleyball Hall of Fame is such a humbling and profound profound honor. McCutcheon said it's quite surreal in a profession that doesn't allow for much looking back. This type of thing forces you to reflect, and I feel extremely grateful to all of the people that I've shared this journey with. The induction class is elected by a vote of past International Volleyball Hall of Fame inductees. All told, there are 140 representing 24 countries that have been inducted. And, of course, McCutcheon comes from Christchurch, New Zealand. That's that right. is his home area. Uh, by the way, we're working to get him in here for a uh, period of time before... They start practice August 8th. Because no one was on the forefront no, of gopher right volleyball right than here. the fixer. Right That's right. Uh, by the way, I did say to uh, Michelle, who handles the SID work for them, I think I can get him up for an hour. And she said, an hour? I mean, this guy takes his job seriously. <laughs> and a lot of prep time. Well, and uh, You I'm, can't keep running a dynasty like this if you don't commit to your well, craft. They've been all so good. You know who he's going in with? Gilberto Giba Gode Filho from Brazil and Boss Vandy Gore from the Netherlands and Evgeny Artemanova Estes from Russia and the leader of the support in Japan, Hiroshi Toyota. Uh, t- not Toyota, Toyoda. T O Y O D A. So that is quite a diverse. We are global. International right. group, isn't it? I believe, uh, what is this, starting season number seven, is it? They've been to two final fours. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, the big thing this year is the uh, volleyball final four is at Target Center. Oh, it is this uh, year. December 13th and the 15th. And August 24, uh, 24 and 5, is it? The Gophers start their home season, start their whole schedule, and they always play real schedule unlike the other jackasses over there who try to schedule victories right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they play real team north carolina and florida state are here mm. for the uh big 10 acc challenge and i think wisconsin's the other team when is the final four for volleyball usually the is it 13th and the 15th of december okay year, middle of december Got so it. uh there pro- will be a haul because nebraska the defending national champion just got a young lady from Texas who's an All-American transfer in. Oh. You can 
in volleyball is there's no have, restrictions. You don't have to you sit out just, a year. You can just show up. But the Gophers are loaded up front with a lot of players, and they got my guy, my gal, Triple S, uh, who doesn't like to be called Triple S, uh, Samantha Seliger Swenson back for her senior season, and uh, they'll, they'll be very good. But the Big Ten, as always, there's no. Con- the Big Ten is better in volleyball than any other sport. Now, do we have, uh, I know it's really early, we're only in July, but do we have any preseason rankings or at all? I have not they seen them, no, seen they yet? haven't been okay. out yet. I would, the Gophers would be top 10. I was say, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Not, not, <laughs> last year they got beaten the third round after going to the Final Four, but they That's were right. younger last year. But they got this Samadhi, Samadhi kid who's a monster. They got uh, the the other young girl who's a junior now, the big hitter, the six-footer, what the hell. You know what they are now? Battle-tested. And they're oh, seasoned. They are. Seasoned. They are. And uh, they, got a, they got a freshman. Uh, they, they got a new uh, defensive player. They call it Libero. Uh, C.C. Libero, yeah. Uh, C.C. McGraw, a kid from Prior Lake who's supposed to be nice. fantastic, too. So. Uh, you were wondering earlier, uh, Dr. James Naismith Invented the game of basketball. Yes, he did. Eighteen ninety one. Okay. Volleyball uh, was originally called Mintonette. Was invented in eighteen ninety five. It looked by like, William so G. Morgan. Somebody saw basketball and said, "We can do another we need version a net. of this. Yeah. We need another version of this." Well, <laughs> they did a fine job. Uh, by far the uh, best women's sport, in my opinion, because it's you know it. The, the level of which they play is fantastic. In fact, Morgan, a graduate of the Springfield College of the YMCA, where basketball was invented by Dr. James Naismith, mm-hmm. designed the game to be a combination of basketball, baseball, tennis, and handball. Mm-hmm. You know what we do here? We teach sports. <laughs> we do teach sports. Even to the teacher, you're teaching sports. That's I right. did not, uh, I was not aware of this. Two things here before we get to Johnny Height. Belly, apparently... Is not going to Europe. What? He's yeah. now working out a two-year deal with Vladi Divac, his fellow Serbian <laughs> in, the Sacramento in Sacramento. Kings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and they got $20 million in cap room so they can actually pay Which him. proves yeah. Tibbs I, is even smarter well, for not messing around with the this other nonsense. Thing is, it proves that Belly said, hey, for a lousy $4 million bucks or three and a half or whatever it was, I'm going Philadelphia, home. I'm going home. And then Sacramento. I bet you Val- Vladi pulled him aside and said, "Look, kid, come on. Like mm-hmm. you're you're just yes. you're gonna make a little bit right. more money over here in the NBA. Just mm-hmm. stick it out." What would he have made had he gone home? What 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 would the contract have, have been? I have no idea what they pay over there. I don't, he I don't would know have done do. well though. Yeah, yeah he, he probably would have done okay, yeah, but you could probably it. make more well, over he'd here. Make more over here. So uh, plus, you get to play in California where they don't have any taxes. Well, yeah, I, he must have panicked. His agent must have panicked and took the Philadelphia job because I mean, offer because he'd probably play as much there as he did here, uh, fifteen yeah. minutes or mm-hmm. something like that. So anyway, and I just got a note from Eric Durkey the. The uh, Loons are expecting their largest crowd of the season tonight, over 26,000, and they're still selling tickets. They're wow. going like hotcakes for some reason. It'll be a beautiful, mm. beautiful night Beautiful Wednesday game. night, yeah. although uh, it's supposed to rain late, hopefully. I, yeah. think, I think Adrian, after that... Uh Little uh, post game that he had over the weekend. I think he got. I think he got the troops got fired people up. Interested, and, yeah, yes. I think he got people even more fired. Well, up don't forget to boo them if they hit a short corner. We want long corners. We want long corners into the crowd. That's right. Not these vile, That's vile, easy. nonsensical short corners. I said, 
I said to him the other day, he didn't like those short corners. He said, there was more than that. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, that's the only thing I heard about. So, all right, we'll be back. John Hyde, it'll be two more days before we start having twins lineups. I at know. This time. Yes. Where, where are the boys going? Uh, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Kansas City, then Toronto, then Boston. That's right? correct. Yep. Okay. 10 game uh, road trip. Mm hmm. So uh, go get them, fellas. <laughs> uh, this update sponsored by USAA Life Insurance Company. Today is the day to get USAA Life Insurance provided by USAA Life Insurance Company, San Antonio, Texas. Subject to state availability, issue limitations, and contract terms and conditions, visit USAA.com. I thought you did a great job with that, Reed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't care what the traffic guy says about you. Twins will not be back at it, as Patrick said, until Friday. That was when, really good, John. I was thank, impressed. Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate that. They open up a 10-game road trip in Kansas Such City Friday fan. night. After Kansas City, they'll head to Toronto and Boston before coming back home. We know Toronto and Boston have always been places that have been very kind to the Twins for many, many years. Hey, I got Randball mad at me. Uh-oh. 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 New post, Randball. The Kawhi Leonard for DeMar DeRozan trade today shook up the NBA offseason. Naturally, I wonder, how does it impact the Timberwolves? And I said, including not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Did he reply to that? Yes, he said that would make a very short blog post. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Legs play today. Tell him to worry about Maurer going to the Yankees. (laughs) That's right. We got that. Bryce Harper coming to the Twins. (laughs) Well, the boys must have ran through Maurer today because when I heard them, they were telling us how they met their wives and girlfriends. Oh, uh, the Lynx played Indiana. Four hours too long. One hour too long. <laughs> they played Indiana down at the Target Center. It good must day. be All-Star Game Week. <laughs> they uh, won handily. A good day for the Lynx three that were all named All-Stars last night. Sylvia Fowles, 13 of 15 for a season-high 30 points, 16 rebounds. She blocked three shots. Simone Augustus, 5 for 7, 13 points, 4 assists. And Maya Moore, 10 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 I like assists. Simone Augustus, but I don't think she's an All-Star anymore. I would probably agree with you She's, on that. Uh, she made it on reputation. I have no opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Minnesota United well, next. I'm not going to get in a big lather. About, I'm not going to go out and <laughs> carry signs of protest around the Sid statue outside Target Center. <laughs> you should, actually. I just, you know, I just threw Shirtless out a... like your uh, spring training pit. <laughs> <laughs> Show your support. Mm-hmm. Minnesota United in action tonight. You'll hear it right here, playing New England at TCF Bank Stadium. Pre-match will be at 6.30, kickoff 7 o'clock on 1500. Big crowd expected. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, what do we usually have on Wednesday nights? Outdoor show. So we only got a half hour tonight? That's right. 30 minutes. Uh, By the way, speaking of that uh, shirtless photo you took a few years ago, every time I see Thug Life now on Twitter, (laughs) that's all I can picture is it tattooed across your stomach in that one altered photo. I don't regret that one, but I regret the one. That I took with the rookie yeah. just agitated. Yeah. Yeah. That one, yeah. That yeah. one, uh, yeah. Buddy. As the guy that took that photo, that's still on my phone, too. So, Reavers, somewhere. what you're saying is when somebody mentions Thug uh-huh. Life now, you don't think of Tupac. No. Nope. You think of <laughs> Royce. Royce. Yes. Yeah. I should be uh, sitting back when I'm sure it was because. I, those man boobs don't look real good when I'm Gravity over. sets in. The moves are, right. are rather dynamic. You're here, approaching D company. <laughs> <laughs> you think you regret it, uh, Patrick. Uh, imagine the rest of the country. <laughs> 
Uh, Wisconsin senators introduced a bill that would allow Wisconsinites living in border counties to access Green Bay Packer game broadcasts as well as other local content. U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin has entitled the legislation as the Go Pack Go Act. Oh, my God. According to a release... Well, how can you order people to... Show what 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 are they what's she saying here? Okay, Johnny. Let me guess. She's running for re-election, isn't she? According to a release from Baldwin's office, federal telecommunications law assigns every county in the country to a local television market. The office says while most people live in a local television market in their home state, residents of thirteen border counties in Wisconsin have been assigned to Minnesota or Michigan television markets. Because of that, they don't get to see the Packers; mm-hmm. they see the Vikings. Well, they get buy the package, you cheap son of a gun. Baldwin's bill would require cable, satellite, and other video providers to provide Wisconsin customers with access to programming from stations in Wisconsin media markets. Baldwin's office said that would allow Wisconsinites the opportunity to watch Green Bay Packer games as well as access to their local Wisconsin news. Remember when broadcasts. Wisconsin went to the Rose Bowl for the first time in 100 years when they won in Japan? They they played Michigan State in Japan in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. And they won. That was like, what, 93? I went up to some bar in Danbury, Wisconsin or somewhat to watch to see if Wisconsin, for a column for Monday, to see if Wisconsin was going to go to the Rose Bowl again. And it was fantastic. I ran into the Fisher brothers. There was about six of them. Some of them were six foot four and 300. Others were little tiny guys. They were all <laughs> shapes and sizes, all mouthy guys. And all they could do is bitch about not getting to watch the Packer games because they <laughs> we'd turn on the Packer games and all we'd have is reruns of Rat Patrol. <laughs> rat Patrol. <laughs> wow. Rat Patrol. Bleeping Rat Patrol. It was great. Man, it was worth the trip. Uh, the Fisher Brothers were something. Thanks, Johnny. You bet. The Ride with Royce now continues. It's time for Late Hits. Manny and I were considering having a big debate about this, but I don't think we're going to have time. The uh, Josh Hart from the Los Angeles Lakers uh, <laughs> was the uh, MVP of the Summer League. Yes. Which, by the way, I remember when that thing used to add like last a week. It's now like two and a half weeks, yeah. isn't it? Uh, apparently, Josh has uh, played fantastic uh, the whole time, although he did get ejected in their game on Tuesday night for getting two technicals mm-hmm. late in the game. But he's fantastic. But what was really controversial to us was, you know, Josh Hart, he's the MVP, and the Lakers are really excited about him. The all-summer league first team was Hart, Colin Sexton, okay, the Alabama kid, beat the yep. Gophers, uh, almost beat the Gophers when they were playing three-on-five, right? Yep, yep. Uh, the Cavs. Kevin Knox, uh, the Knicks uh, kid from Kentucky, who's yep. a really good player. Wendell Carter Jr., from the Bulls, but I got a real problem with Christian Wood making the All Summer League team. The kid from the Bucks. Well, man, I thought you would have a problem with Wendell Carter too, because he's a dookie. Well, he's a dookie, but he played pretty well. But uh, <laughs> Trey Young's got to be on the team, and not Christian Wood. What's wrong? What's wrong with this? This All Summer League team's got me very upset. Very upset. You know about what it. it was? Maybe it was your guy, Coach K, putting in a word to keep. Sure. Trey Young off because of the altercation he got in with on the first game yes. against Grayson Allen. Maybe it was That's Coach true. K, your guy, chiming I, in I with his thoughts. That I'm very happy to see, even though 
Fran, whatever his name is, Fran Fraschilla was just kissing up to Grayson Young enough to make you puke when I watched for five minutes the other night. <laughs> he didn't make the first or second team, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> I tell you, we got too many this days in history. I'm sorry, so sorry. You, you guys know? Any, any know this? Either know you? Of course. You heard it before, yeah. Brandon Lee. Brenda Lee, July 18th, 1960, 15-year-old Brenda Lee earned the number one hit in the country with I'm Sorry. Pretty good voice for 15. Not bad at all. Is that the 15 one? Mm-hmm. Uh, she, uh, Brenda Lee, was born Brenda Mac May Tarpley in the charity ward of an Atlanta hospital in December 1944, the daughter of an itinerant semi-pro baseball player and carpenter who was killed in a construction accident when she was only eight years old. A true singing prodigy, uh, Brenda was a veteran of numerous religious talent contests uh, when she was discovered. And uh, lo and behold, at age 15, this song was fantastic. Thanks, Brenda. It was great. Uh... The Major League Baseball player poll has been uh, executed by the Chicago Tribune, and uh, it has ranked the fans of the Miami Marlins and the fans of the Tampa Bay Rays as the worst in Major League Baseball, according to the... Uh, <laughs> Way well, to go, Florida. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, also... No bleep, as they right, say. Right, yeah, no, yeah. And the, it's hard to blame Marlins, the fans of the Marlins, to be the honest. The Marlins aren't averaging 7,000, but you can't blame him. Who right. can you? And uh, I like your revision to my plan, though. What? Put Tampa in Miami, move Miami to Montreal. Yeah, give, my, give Tampa the new... I'm, I'm all in favor of that. ...and then move Miami to uh, to, to Florida, That's uh, to Montreal. we got to get a stadium in Montreal, though. By the way, you know what's going on this week, which hasn't seemed to get quite as much attention as it usually does. Uh, SEC Media Days. Uh, usually wall oh, yeah. right? Yeah. SEC Media Days. Today was Smiling Nick's time at the uh, podium. And uh, Smiling Nick said he's unsure whether Jalen Hurts will be on the roster when the Crimson Tide play Louisville in the season opener on September 1st. He said the, okay, give me the pronunciation of the uh, kid. Tua Tagovaiola. I think think that's how Chris Fowler was saying in the title game. The Hawaiian kid that they put in who rallied them to victory. That was one of the most impressive throws that he made to win that game. And he throws the ball a little better than uh, Jalen Hurts. Hurts, So we can all agree on that. I actually have a tiny bit of audio from uh, SEC uh, SEC Media Day. You've got to try your freshman. Put your freshman in there. Use your freshman this week during practice. What a genius, Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> Feinbaum. Just kind of a dorky columnist oh, at a third-rate newspaper. It's brilliant. He starts a radio show, and pretty soon he's making millions. Oh. I think he just signed a new contract for $4 million oh, yeah. or something so, like yeah. that. Just letting a bunch of idiots from the SEC call up and scream at each other. That's all they do. <laughs> I heard that Auburn fan. I did. Chip put me, I, I was looking for a, when Auburn and when Cam was going to play Alabama for the national championship. 
I was looking for a, I mean, the, for, the, when they for were, Iron the Ball. Iron Ball, and yeah. whoever won One was, was going to the chip. Yep, yep, and, yep. And, uh, and uh, Chip put me on this couple who lived right down the block from him from Woodbury, you know, happily married, a couple of kids working up here, but one was Alabama and the other one was Auburn. <laughs> and it was, it was just a hoot, man. And she, Sir Auburn, hated Feinbaum because he's nothing but an Alabama homer. And he, <laughs> he would listen to the fight. He would tape Feinbaum or get him mm-hmm. on the iPad and driving home, commuting every night, he would t- listen to Feinbaum because he was such an objective voice <laughs> of SEC. The guys, it's, it's a fantastic. Uh, no. Uh, Remind me because were the kids on one side or the other? Because I remember I you think doing the piece. They won over the. Uh, I think maybe there's only one child, and they'd won. He'd won that. The the husband had won the kid off. Okay. Over. I called her uh, last year about uh, to to do a checkup sure. on her, and were were they playing Georgia? Auburn was yeah. playing Georgia mm-hmm. in the uh, SEC title game, right? Cause yeah. Alabama ended up winning the national title, but they didn't go to the title game. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she said, yeah, that her and she was watching it downstairs by herself, and the husband and the son were upstairs okay. watching it because uh, she didn't want to hear all that <laughs> now, nonsense. Now, this was the title game or the SEC uh, championship? I don't know. What, okay. Right, it was the... when Auburn was, I don't know, when, when they played last year. I maybe. Oh, when Auburn was, played Georgia. I'm yeah, sorry. Okay. Auburn, okay. The SEC, SEC championship game. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What, whatever it was, she was. That's she couldn't fantastic. Watch. She could. They happily married. Couldn't watch the game together in the same room. You know what they are smart. That's right. <laughs> and you know what, Pat? I know. A couple of years ago, we were talking about when the Mississippi schools were oh, doing yeah. pretty good. We were talking about going to the Egg Bowl. We're going to have to make an. SEC we're going to have to trip. go to the Egg Bowl. Yeah, the Egg I want to go to Oxford though. That seems yeah. like my example. So you can yell hoity-toity, but they're going to be terrible for years. Yeah, here. they got beat up because of the. They're going to be down for a, a long time, but. The nice thing about Ole Miss is they're so arrogant. They think they're like the Harvard of the South. You know, I mean, they got this beautiful campus. Starkville's got a campus like Worthington Junior College, you know, down the street, and uh, and uh, it's a, it's a two different worlds for sure. All right, uh, we uh, shall return and see if anybody has daily complaints. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Manny, how you doing? You got a daily complaint, sir? I do. My daily complaint is with the handful of people on Twitter last night that thought when I tweeted out that yes. Major League Baseball needs to make wholesale changes to the All-Star yes, game because right. of the American League's dominance. Dominance, that they, yes. That they thought I was serious when I tweeted that out. Mm-hmm. And I gave you a serious response, hoping that would stir them up a little more. Right. But, uh, yeah. That's, so you guys uh, act in concert together. What is is what you you know what is amazing, though? Going into last night... They were 43, 43, and 2 with the same numbers of runs scored. You're kidding. Yeah, that's the amazing. Wow. The history of amazing. The now, the American League's down, what is it, six in a row? six in a row now, yeah. Six in a row, and it's like 13 out of 15 or something like that. Uh, I haven't lived through the era <laughs> of constant humiliation. Night. Oh, it lasted from the late 50s. It's almost until, 20 years, wasn't it? Until 83 when they, they won in Comiskey Park. The the National League came up with Atlee Hamaker as their starter, and Freddie Lynn hit a grand slam, and they slaughtered him in Comiskey. My son and I were at that game. But 
83 before that. The National League had won 11 in a row and 19 out of 20. Wow. But you know why they were winning? They were better. They were this better. Is, <laughs> this is more fluky than, right. uh, yeah. than that. But, uh, yeah, that uh, they, they, they're they easy to stir up, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I want to go back just a brief moment to the Josh Hader controversy that broke da- broke out during the game yesterday. Right. And I'm not going to defend the guy. Almost at the end of the game. And I'm not going to defend the guy for being an idiot, and he confessed to being an idiot. But it, the problem that I have with this whole story is, the grandstanding by everybody else that wants to be a, you know, look at how great I am. Listen, the kid was an idiot. He shouldn't have said any of that, but don't make this about you. That's the problem that I had with this story today. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen that many pompous uh, columns written on it, but I am uh, sure there are And kudos, by the way, to Jesus Aguilar. Who, mm-hmm. what, you know, his tweet and, why that was was very well. Lorenzo constructed. Cain was uh, said he's a good guy too. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, it, it, and that might not mean much except they could say no comment. You know, yeah, they they didn't otherwise. What's I, your daily complaint? Well, my daily complaint is uh, it's it might be disappointment in myself, but I'm sick of Kirk Cousins already. <laughs> Oh my God! You didn't hear the story when John read the story. I'm sick of Kirk Cousins already. The Stone thing? Is that no, what you're referring it, to? No, I just referred to the. I just looked at the Star Tribune and we got another Kirk Cousins piece. I'm sick of him. Why? What? What happened That's now? That's what I said. I already want Case Keenum back. <laughs> I have 720 stones, and I get to remove whenever. Shut what, up! What are the stones. I don't. Oh, get he has 700. What was it, Manny? 720 stones. He For has in a month. tower, and every month I'm going to take one out so I can live to be 90. Oh, okay, pal. How about yeah. just play quarterback? Just don't throw any interceptions. I'm with you. I'm just already I haven't don't even throw read about the stones. See, I might get a column out of this. <laughs> I might get a bring back case, Scott. See? Hell, bring back, bring back, uh, Where's Christian. Teddy? Bring back Christian. Yeah. Bring back Ponder. Get rid of this guy. I want the I kid got, with the where gloves. Where did you read about the stones? Oh, you got to look it up. I'll look up oh. You can't get rid of him now, though, because that contract is fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. <laughs> I will start a fundraiser. Yeah, Go fund me. I mean, good luck to you. I hope you win the Super Bowl, but nah, shut up. Okay. <laughs>